Evan, how's it going? It's going great, Hudson. Uh, it's a we, rainy day here at the office. It is a rainy day, and I, it's going to be nice, though, to get some stuff done after this. You think? Do you get more done when it's rainy? Well, no, but I've planned <laughs> to have a planning day, which, uh, thanks to your recommendation, I'm now calling planning guessing. Uh, rework in the book uh. the authors talk about... Instead of plan, guess, That's and great. it totally clicked with me for some reason, uh, and so now today's like a guessing day a for guessing me. Guessing day, and, that's really funny. And in the guessing, they also say just to do stuff. Don't just spend your guessing. Yeah. Like it, planning implies a lot of thinking and writing down and looking ahead. And one day, kind yeah, of yeah. And guessing, they they say do the next best thing right now. Ooh, like that's good. Make that a part of your guessing. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So thanks for the recommendation. I'm yeah. like fifty that's pages a, in. It's a big it. running theme: the doing, the doing of things. It is. Yeah. I think that's the biggest obstacle, right? It's the it's the inertia, the sitting still, the the biggest push you have to give with the rock is to get it moving. We, these are all metaphors we've used before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Although just then I pictured the actor, the rock, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. Grace just told me a story she read this week on the internet, so I don't know the validity uh-huh. of it or not. But he was watching Moana with his daughter, and she was really loving it. Uh-huh. And he goes, do you know, he was like, I finally told her that I was uh, <laughs> Maui. Maui. Yeah. I finally told her I was Maui, and I started singing, and it was the You're Welcome song. Uh-huh. And her response was, Dad, stop, you're ruining the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, funny. We found a lot of joy in retelling that story yeah. this week, too. Yeah. It's really funny. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, segue that. <laughs> segue to today's episode. Uh, I feel like that was one of our best intros. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about ice cream a little bit because in the end of our very heavy, deep episode last week, you off the cuff were like, let's talk about ice cream next right. week. Right. And so... As a gag, as uh, a challenge. Yeah. I didn't see it at, that at first. And that, so here's two reasons why we're doing an ice cream episode this week. One is I did see it as a challenge. To make a little more of a lighthearted episode and talk about something and, and try to relate it back to marketing. Hudson's been challenging me to do that uh, since we started this podcast. The other reason is we're working on a podcast system for clients that uses the podcast to inform content for all of your social accounts, your blogs, your emails. It's your, it's your one-stop shop social content strategy, yeah. essentially. Those aren't the words we've used so far. But. Right. But if you're going to challenge others to do this with their organizations, right. then you're wanting to test it out with your own. Correct. I wanted to work on creating a podcast that's more bloggable because I love our conversations. It's difficult to create a blog post out of it, though, because yeah. it's very conversational. And what's what's not blog, what's bloggable if not ice cream? Ice cream is very bloggable. I've even thought of images. Ice cream images are yeah. very appealing. There's some fun ones. Put up the SEO, people searching for ice cream. Yeah, if I would have really thought ahead, we'd be eating ice cream oh. while we were recording it. Man. Maybe after. Yeah, that's true. It's a little okay. cold, though. So I wanted to start the ice cream portion of all this with a, an exercise, but now I'm kind of questioning the exercise and maybe thinking I just walk through an experience. Did you read through it? What did you think yeah. about no, that? No, do the exercise. Do yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, okay. about it. I'm a little self-conscious about it. Yeah. Shake it up. Okay, so I'm going to start with an exercise. 
uh, I'm pulling from my experiences using the Headspace app uh-huh. and other uh, meditation type softwares or, yeah. or companies. Calm, calm. Calm is, is another yeah. one, yeah. So I'm, I'm pulling from those experiences in my own life with this exercise. So if you're able to right now, take a deep breath and close your eyes. I'm going to try to do this at the same time while I'm talking about it. Yeah. Are you going to do it? Yeah, I'll do it. Okay. Do, do you am I? Do you want me to stay quiet and do the exercise? Yeah, yeah. Stay yeah. quiet and do the exercise. This right. is a challenge for me to walk yeah, people yeah, through yeah. it. Can you yeah. talk with a more soothing voice? I'll attempt to, but I've been yeah. talking a lot Slightly this morning. Slightly British. Yeah. All right, So go. it's not as raspy. As All right, my eyes are closed now. Okay. Imagine yourself as a child playing in your neighborhood on a hot summer day. Picture what you're doing. I feel like we need sound effects. <laughs> Maybe I don't. Birds chirping and yeah, that would be kids good. Playing. I'm sorry, difficult. go ahead. No, that's good. Uh, picture what you'd be doing. Hot summer day in the neighborhood. Maybe you're hanging out with a family member you love, doing some chores, playing outside with friends, trying to find your dog. What are the things that you hear in those moments? What do you smell? Tap into your senses a bit here. What do you feel? Pause in the moment and look around. What are you looking at? What do you see? Now, while you're paused there, you hear a sound. And it's a somewhat familiar sound for summer days. And you know you've mistaken this sound before and got excited too soon. So you wait to see if it's really what you think it is. As the music gets closer, you realize it is the ice cream man. What emotions do you feel in that moment? Whenever you realize it's the ice cream man. Is that a question? Yeah, yeah. No, that, that was the end of the exercise. It's that was nice. That. What a lovely, lovely exercise. Wait, well, first, where did you picture you were? Uh, my childhood home. So I grew up in a small town, South Georgia, uh, big house, big yard. Um, uh, so I kind of, you know, pictured like the grass and the pine straw and the, the neighborhood I was in. <clears throat> um, my, uh, I don't remember an ice cream man when i was a little kid and okay. then as an adult i remember the ice cream man but never actually purchasing ice cream from him that was one of the flaws i saw with this exercise be- yeah while i wrote on it people's is that some experience. people aren't gonna have that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um but but i got the idea um a, a better way to for me to tap into that um that same level of excitement of an ice cream man for me when i was a kid was the scholastic book fair I don't okay. know if you had this. No, no. But they would bring a book fair to your school for a week. And so it was like um, yes, I did all these this. books yes. you could buy or whatever. So that to me was the equivalent of the ice cream man when I was a little kid. Like, okay. Just, so the like, emotions that you feel. Right. I knew I was going to get a new book. Yeah, I knew yeah. I could pick from this, you know, this amazing selection. Sometimes they would have, um, you know, well, I'm a little older, so they have like VHS tapes and cartoons and stuff. Um, and so that was just, just this crazy level of excitement. 
Um, and when you're a kid, I think the reason ice cream and um, this classic book fair has the same that effect for you is you get to be an adult for a split second, but you get to be an adult still in a kid's world. Like you're 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 consuming something, you're purchasing something, you're you get to choose what you want, which you don't always get to do when you're a kid, right? It gave you the, it's like this empowerment. What flavor do you want? And then this what great book do you great want? Payoff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's an interesting insight. Yeah. Uh, what about you then? I pictured myself in the cul-de-sac playing with my friends. Yeah. And I have very vivid memories of the ice cream man. Oh, nice. Uh, so that's kind of what I was pulling from there. It's, so a note here on the side, it's good to remember doing these things and, and just anything in business to pull from your own experience, mm-hmm. but try to communicate in a way that's more of a universal experience. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. Um, I think you're right, but I I also think that the more specific you get, the more broad I interpret it. So like you're talking uh, about ice cream, okay. and I immediately go to this classic book fair. If you stayed broad and like let's uh, I don't know, tried to make it as wide as possible, and, yeah, and it yeah. was just like, you know, you're a kid, you're somewhere, something comes along. You know, if you the more broad you make it, the less a person can put themselves in that place. Okay. So I actually think the more and, specific you can get. And I, I do think you have to be a little bit careful, you know, that, you know, we're both uh, white men uh, that are, you know, kind of suburban lifestyle, like to not project that always. Right. Right. But to project honestly without, you know, um, while leaving it open to other interpretations. Yeah, yeah. Is that something you use in your writing? It sounds like you've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. In writing, um, it's a principle of um, being as specific as possible. A lot of people do what you're saying when writing screenplays or when writing fiction, and they try to keep it as broad as possible, and it really just you're kind of saying nothing. So the more specific you can be with your experiences, the more you can put your own emotions into it, and the more you put your own details into it, um, the more a person can connect with it. And it's, it's a little bit of irony there. Yeah, yeah. Would that be the same for marketing? Because that's totally opposite of what I was thinking, and I like the, the challenge. In marketing, do we have the tendency to try to appeal to everybody when we need to be more specific in our experiences or in our messaging and what we're communicating? Yeah, I think so. Um, the danger in marketing is you are not always your audience. Right. So when you talk specifically about what you think your audience needs, you might not be right. Um, But I think it's very much true in figuring out who your audience is and pinpointing them. Um, A lot of times, especially today, there's so much competition in every area that we have to be, you know, niches of niches, niches, niches. I've never known how to say that. Yeah. Is that okay to admit? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, uh, so, yeah, you really do have to figure out who that audience is and, and specify them and, and talk to them in their language as, as tightly as possible, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, okay. Which, by the way, I don't apply to all the stuff that I do. Like, we talk about a lot of things on this podcast where it's like, this is what you should do. Oh, we don't do it. Right, right. Because, right. because it is hard. It's much easier to market a stranger's uh, organization than it is to market your own. This is something we always talk about, right? You right. Know? And it, it, we were doing this this morning with my website. Yeah. Uh, with, with, I'll call it the Uplink website. Yeah. And trying to, uh, you were asking me questions, but I was like, I know it's not where it needs to go, but I'm 
kind of stuck. Like yeah. I, I need somebody else to look at it with a different opinion. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's why we hire outside direction. people because they can give it a fresh perspective. Right. Right. We offer it to others and we're also attempting to do it ourselves all the time. We challenge ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is fun. It's nice to have a group of people that you can always send your stuff to that gives honest, thoughtful feedback yep. uh, without being worried about offending. Absolutely. Okay, so back to the ice cream thing. So I was in my neighborhood. I have very vivid memories of the ice cream truck, uh, the music coming on. I was playing with four of my friends, and we would all immediately go run inside to see if we could find some quarters. (laughs) It was about 75 cents. Mom, the ice cream truck is coming. I remember the emotion with which I would tell my mom that the ice cream man is coming because if I get the quarters late, I'm not going to be yeah, able to get you gotta ice fast. Yeah, he doesn't just sit around and wait. There are other blocks to hit. Uh, his his career, his money, his revenue is on the line. Um, so this, this idea just brought me into my experiences. I'm trying to uh, – this is a good practice for me. The purpose of this exercise, the stated purpose of it, was, was to help – people think about ice cream specifically, but also these experiences. So with you, uh, the book fair, think about the emotions of what it is that we get excited about and why we get excited about it and apply those things to marketing, Mm. essentially. So how can your business become what the ice cream man is or what the book fair is to children, but for adults? Like what are, what's the... Uh, hey, what are the ingredients? Yeah. Which yeah. that's my segue to I did some research on ice cream. Oh, nice. Unless you wanted to talk more on that. Uh, I wanted to explore that a little bit. Okay, do it. I could see it in your face. Uh, but it was because I'm I'm thinking instead of talking, though, so it doesn't make for great podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, of Of creating... How does a what you're asking really is how does a brand take a customer to a place, right? Yeah. In some in some way. So how do you how do you create a vibe, an environment? How do you make a person aware of of their current story? Um, I think a lot of it comes from storytelling, storytelling and its ability to capture and captivate. I mean, like. I noticed when we when you were doing the exercise before, a, I, like my breathing kind of slowed. I was relaxed. I was just the, your pacing and my eyes being closed. Um, it, it forced me to to focus, which is something that's really hard to do with any organization that you're marketing, weeding through all the clutter and all the noise and have people focus on you. Um, I think storytelling can do that. I think story is captivating. I think it, um, it allows you to put yourself into that story. Um, like if you're in a good movie, nobody's sitting around texting on their phones. Right. Yeah. Because that story has captivated them more so than worrying about who's texting them about what. Yeah. Um, that's, that's actually an interesting part too. The more that your audience can share a story, right? So like watching a movie on your own versus watching a movie with a, with a group, it's they're different experiences. There's something about the shared experience. I don't know how you manufacture that in, in marketing or uh, um, advertising or whatever, but that's an, that's an interesting idea. It is. 
I was trying to think of an example off the cuff. I don't know if this one fully represents this, but uh, there are always companies that come to mind first when I think of marketing, and Coca-Cola is one of them. I think for a long time they've uh, built trust and yeah. and put a lot of work into their marketing efforts. The share a Coke with and putting names on the bottles. It made their product uh, very yeah. personal, and there was a story behind finding that Coke. So right. I would never get – like if I saw share a Coke with Hudson – it wouldn't be just me like, hey, man, here's this Coke. Right. There would be a story about me finding yeah. it and, yeah. like, the excitement of being like, oh, my gosh, I know a Hudson. Yeah. I work with him. I'm, I found this at the man, gas station the other day. Yeah. So it's, it's more than just your name being on their product, but it's the story somebody shares with you right. whenever they hand you that product as because well. Because Coke is not telling you that story. You're creating the story. You're right. part of the story. Yeah. Man, that is powerful. Yeah. Of course, I've never bought one of those, but I think I have. I I definitely have. Well, I would buy them. So these are other stories that go along. I would find the funniest name I could get. Oh, right. Yeah. And I enjoyed. There was. It made me smile drinking a Coke. Uh, who like Jose? That's funny. Yeah, yeah it has its own name. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um. So yeah, that's a that's a great point. The story aspect of mm-hmm. it, uh, which I would say these types of exercises that people much better at this than me are doing headspace is the one that i go to most often i've been pretty transformational in my life just being able to sit still right and slow down my breath focus on my breath and find some quietness in the midst of our world is is transformational and i i think there's a way to apply that to marketing or we have a big push just in general as a society moving towards that which i think is a really cool movement yeah yeah no, I think so too. And, and because that's kind of the catch is with something like headspace and something like meditation, you have to choose it. It's not like someone's offering or it's not like a commercial can come on and, you, and force you into that state, right? You kind of have to be choosing it. But like you said, there is a movement towards that. And there is, I think that's what people, people are hungry for in part because we are always connected and we need the breaks. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so I did some research on ice cream. Ice cream factoids. Oh, this is a fact mixed in with a with an insight, and I'm going to share the insight nice. first. Cool. The insight is ice cream has a positive. I'm sorry, I messed it up. Ice cream has a timeless positive connotation. Childhood to adulthood on the uh, micro level, and then zoomed back out on the macro level. Yeah. 500 BC, from what I can tell, is whenever ice cream was invented Wow! Really? whenever people started eating ice cream it was a delicacy huh and how would they make it cold like they use snow yeah sure huh. i mean like i don't know the exact i didn't yeah, yeah. research too many facts of it those are great questions whenever whenever yeah. i come with facts yeah. i should definitely have more stories yeah. behind it yeah. uh but yeah snow mixed with some sort it's of a flavor uh, yeah a flavor I think they were mostly herbs back then. I think ah. it was like the Middle East or India, right. which India wouldn't make sense because that's not very cold, is it? They got mountains, yeah. Okay, so yeah, maybe it was India. And uh, they would mix. I mean, you just have some sort of a dairy and, and uh, right cold, yeah. and yeah. you've got some ice Interesting, cream. yeah. So it was a delicacy. Ice cream. Um, it's, it was once a luxury, and now it's commonplace. Mm. And what sparked the commonplace part of it was the refrigerator in the homes, right. which didn't come about till 1913. Yeah. So the majority of our ancestors never ate ice cream, which is huh. funny to think about. Wow. 
unless they were, you know, yeah. kings and queens. Or unless something. you come from a royalty yeah. lineage. Yeah. Is there some? Um, I feel like whenever you uh, like all of our commonplace things all started at a World's Fair somewhere. It was ice cream a World's Fair thing. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What are other things? Is is the hot dog a World's Fair thing? Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I do a lot of reading on the 1893 World's Fair. It's been pretty fascinating, you know, City of Light and Chicago and all that. And uh, most of it's no longer there. But I just went to Chicago. So I'm, and I read a book about it. So I'm always fascinated by that. And um, and I can't even remember what all the things are. But there's like hundreds of things that were introduced at that one singular World's Fair. But then I've heard factoids about other things as well. And, I, and I'm pretty sure ice cream is one of them, yeah. That's really cool. And it's interesting to think about we kind of live in one big world's fair now. Yeah. Things are introduced instantaneously. I was writing my bio on the website yesterday, and part of it was if you were to spy on me at any given moment. And one of those things was I would be sitting in amazement typing on my keyboard that the letters show up instantaneously and can be read by anybody in the world within a split second. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's amazing. We live in one big world fair. Wow. Uh, okay, so these last two are my favorite. Yeah. Ice cream is as much as half air by volume. Huh. So as much as, that's the most fluffy ice cream you can get. Like by definition, like it has to be? Or, no, not oh. by definition. There are ingredient definitions. Okay. Uh, but if you make a fluffy enough ice cream, which the way that they mix it adds the air into okay. the ice cream. Oh. So the, the mixers kind of allow air in at yeah. a lower point and the air has to come back up. So it's constantly putting air into the mixture and you're eating half air and half ingredients. Interesting. Well, air is an ingredient. But it does feel like uh, ice cream has gotten denser and kind of like gelato seems denser. I don't know if there's certain, yeah. Totally. And there definitely was qualifications and stuff, but I didn't want to go too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I need to do more research on ice cream. (laughs) Uh, This is my favorite one of all. And this was just me reflecting on my experiences with ice cream. I wrote, it has a cold sensation that brings you to your senses or into your body. Mm. So I think this may have been, this is, this is totally me assuming things now. I think this has to do with why it was a delicacy and why it was revered is because putting something cold into your mouth brings you to your senses in a way that you don't often get brought into your senses. There's sensations yeah. that you feel different than most other things that we eat or drink. Yeah. And I want, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Like, I wonder if we're not meant to eat <laughs> cold things like ice cream, you know, I no, mean, like we had intriguing. like, you know, like brain freeze, you know, like that's a consequence of eating something like our bodies are <laughs> yeah. telling us don't eat this thing yeah, or at least yeah. don't eat it too quickly. Um, because yeah, it does feel like you know it'll cool you off. Your body temperature seems to drop. Right, right. Which the whole idea of your body communicating something to you is what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. The the idea whether we're supposed to eat it or not that we get a brain freeze and your body tells you don't do this. Yeah. Or you know you feel you put your hand over a stove. Your body says don't do that. Right. This idea that our bodies can speak to us yeah. is really yeah. cool. It's fascinating. All right. So, what are our what are our uh, what are our key takeaways? How do we apply these principles of ice cream to our lives? It's a great question. The first one I I put together is positive reminiscing is a great tool in marketing. Ooh, yeah. So the idea that you could uh, you could help somebody go to the book fair 
or you could help somebody go and experience the ice cream man coming down the street can be very powerful tools in marketing, helping people reminisce and positive associations. Right. Right. Um, is that limited to past experiences? I guess you would have Whenever I wrote it, I was only thinking of that, but I, I'm thinking now that there are, uh, like Tommy, who we both, both worked with, he, he has people create these goal maps and they have images of what they want their future to look like. Right, yeah. And they're very positive associations, yeah. mental positive associations of the future. Yeah. And they're they're motivating too. Yeah. And I, th- I think that could totally be it. Or or Donald Miller with StoryBrand uh, always says like show your customer what success looks like, which right. is another positive reminiscing, but yeah. it's future reminiscing. Well, yeah, it reminded me a little you doing that exercise before where you're saying put yourself at, when you're, you know, younger, what do you breathe or what are you smelling? Who's around you? What are the sounds? Where are you? Um, that's an exercise that, um, again, that Tommy, our mutual friend, Tommy Newberry kind of walks us through where, um, where you envision the end of your goal and you say, what are you feeling? And this is something I did with our um, script last group recently as well. What, what, what does that goal feel like? Who are, who are you with? What are the sounds? What are the smells? What are the flavors? Um, where are you? What are you doing? Like you feel the emotions of succeeding at that goal. And I, I walked through this for the first time uh, with Tommy at a kind of life coach event. Uh, and for me, it was, um, finishing filming a movie. Right. And so I was like, I pictured myself on set, you know, like drinking with friends, like feeling the emotions of accomplishment and of connection with my team. And I wrote all this down, like a one page kind of thing describing my end goal. And then, um, two years later that had come true, which is a cool, it was really cool to have that. Now the movie that I was picturing in the place I was picturing were not the movie that we actually ended up filming, but the the experience came true in a different way. So you can you can bring I think those goals to you. You can't always control the when or the how or the what exactly. Right. Um, right. But I'm a big believer in in um, kind of that visioneering of of seeing the future and feeling the future in the same way that you just did walk us to past experience as well. Yeah, that's a really powerful tool. You yeah. you have that in your upcoming online workshop. Right. Yeah. That's one of your your segments. I don't know what you would call that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in your workshop that I think is really cool. Yeah. Okay, so the next one is use the resources that are most available to you. And this correlates to half cream <laughs> This correlates to ice cream being half air. Hmm. Uh, air is such a, a resource uh, such a bountiful resource, I should say. And uh, it's just a good metaphor to use what you have around you. Yeah. Yeah. What ha- What does ice cream look like if it doesn't have any air? Probably some sort of uh, dense. Like, it, I immediately think of Halo Top, but I bet that still has air in it. Uh, like a, a, a very but it's dense. It's harder to eat. Oh, you know what I bet yeah. it is? Ice. Oh, right. <laughs> I bet it's a popsicle. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah. bet it's a popsicle or something. Interesting. That's a total guess, though. Yeah. I think everything has a What's little it? bit of Right, air. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, just but less the, air. the denser it is, the less air it has. Right. The fluffier it is, the easier it is to consume. Right. Yeah, I don't right. know. I was trying to think of those tones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's good. Have have what. Um, oh, the reason I was asking that is does it make it. Be- 
does using what's around you make it better, right? And I think uh, oftentimes, oftentimes it does. Like oftentimes we look at what's around us as a limitation. Right. So in filmmaking, I look at this as the advice I give for people who are like, oh, I want to make a movie, but I just, I don't have any money. I don't have any people. And I was like, well, oh, first of all, take your camera uh, on your phone, which is nicer than professional cameras 10 years ago. And um, then look around your room see what props you have laying around. What do you have access to? Maybe you have an office, maybe you have a school um, or a library, something, maybe you have a cool backyard um, and then write a five page script that uses all those elements. And most people, the thinking is, Oh, well that's boring. But um, what's most impressive is when you put limitations on yourself, if you limit it to what you have around you, your creativity booms. Um, that limitations lead to more creative problem solving and creative creative storytelling. So, so I, I feel like that there's a great principle in there too. Totally, and I think another principle. So one is uh, limitations increase creativity. I'm trying to think in bloggable pieces here, yeah, uh, like quotes and stuff yeah. that we can use. Limitations increase creativity. Another one is I think people use the excuse of their resources mm. or people use their resources as an excuse to not do something. Right. Or lack of resources. Correct. So I would say we all are equipped to do something, use what you have around you in the same way, look around your room and, and see what you can do and think instead of thinking what you can't do because you don't have something else. Yeah. And same applies to your skill sets, to your uh, talents. Right. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And if you need something else, do something about acquiring it. Right. Yeah. It, just uh, continue to do something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Yeah. So this uh, last one is more related to the cold sensation being brought into your body. So bring people to their senses, help them become aware of the moment they are in. I think that's important Yeah. in life. Uh, it's, it would definitely be a good marketing strategy if you could figure out a way to harness right. people's. Yeah. Now. I love this so much. And because like we were talking about before, it's such a need. People desire to be in the now, uh, being in the now helps slow time down. You know, our perception of time is slowed down by being in the now. Um, it makes things last longer. It's kind of getting into the flow, you know, when you're working on something that excites you and then you look at the clock and you're like, Oh, it's been, four hours and I didn't realize I guess that's speeding up of time but it's because you were disappeared into it and yeah um, it's more the concept of time doesn't exist when you're in the now right yeah yeah, yeah. whether it's faster or slower and I feel like those are the those are the activities we should be looking more of in life like nobody really describes you know surfing Instagram in that way right it's it's doing something meaningful it's um spending time with people that you love it's uh so I would love to explore, like, how does a brand do that? How does an organization create these moments for people? I think as, as much in-person as possible. I think um, people are longing for that right now because we're, we've got tons of online marketing and people are beginning to see through it. People are getting to see through, oh, you're sending them an email because you're trying me to sell me something, right? Right, right. So more, uh, more connection, more in-person marketing. Um, what else do you think? Well, selfishly, I want to throw podcasting in there. Oh, yeah. But I do I think, think it's a great example. I think uh, what you and I are doing right now, having conversations ab about topics, is a way to bring people into the now. Because I like to think of you and I as people who think about questions a lot. 
yeah. and are willing to go deep with those questions and yeah. not just take a uh, the first answer that comes right. up as the, the, the answer to the question. And so I see this process of what you and I are doing as hopefully, my, my hope for this would be that we help people realize the now. Right. And marketing is huh. kind of the way in which we do that. But it yeah. is not the end oh, result. Man, I love that. Yeah. Um, what that made me think of is like, I think people love podcasting because we're so used to one sentence quotes. Like we, we get tweets all day. We get, and we're just looking for some depth and podcasts provide that, right? You've got, you know, 30 minutes, an hour where you're going in depth with either a person that you're interested in or a concept that you're interested in. And that's something we just don't get a lot of. For sure. And that was my big hesitation with, calling this a marketing podcast because right. I really don't want this to be all about yeah, marketing. advice about marketing. Yeah. Right, right. Because I think there are a ton of those. Right. But nobody has my unique experience and nobody yeah. has your unique experience. And what I love about this podcast is we're able to explore our experiences and maybe apply some principles to marketing or taking risk or starting a business or being a dad or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever's going on in life. Yeah. Uh, but we both and i would say everybody has a unique experience that's uh, right a unique perspective that can be shared with others yeah and that should be empowering to people listening as well of of and it is marketing it is branding it is storytelling of all these things of it's ultimately comes down to your voice and um what you're able to put out there and um what you uniquely bring to the world which everyone brings something unique to the world which is what is exciting like you know, if, if any other two people started this podcast, it'd be completely different content with completely different uh, messaging, you know? Yeah, totally. I think that's, that's the end of the podcast. That's the end of the podcast. We made it. We did it. We made it. it. Uh, the finish line. Yes. Uplink Marketing is a company that I started to help businesses with their digital marketing efforts. It includes podcasting services and paid social services Thank you for listening. Thank you for your reviews, Brandon, Lindsay, Jennifer, <laughs> and Mom <laughs> uh, Hudson. What do you do? Uh, I'm a screenwriter and producer. I run the organization called Script Blast, which is a uh, create resources and community for screenwriters. And uh, I also do this podcast with Evan because we share an office, and he asked me to do it. Thanks for doing it. Thanks it for the fun. conversation, Evan. Yep. Thanks, Hudson. Peace Bye. out.